0: 3rd century Britain In the 2nd century, we learned how most of Britain transitioned from being a few villages of peasants in mud huts and a few military camps to being a multicultural society with cities and a road network with regular traffic far more similar to today. As a result of the fast, higher standard of living associated with the Roman lifestyle, small numbers of natives and large numbers of soldiers There were probably almost as many families who had one or more ex-Roman soldiers as grandfathers as did not. And some sources say that people with Roman ancestry outnumbered pure native Britons by 10 to 1. Roman lifestyle and home design were widespread. Worship of Roman gods like Mithras was widespread and Christianity was beginning to become visible. In reality, the Roman army was probably less than 10% from Italy. This represents a very multicultural population. The 3rd century began with Severus in command. He was a Roman emperor, born in Libya and based in York, with a unit of Moroccan soldiers. The skeletons of African soldiers have been found in that area, and the DNA identifies Romans in London at the time of being of African descent. Part of the evidence for this multicultural era is artworks created by artists in the styles of their native lands. As more military bases were established, they became surrounded by civilian villages which were important for their economic activity. Gradually, the villages grew to be towns. Streets of brick-built shops were constructed in most towns. The level of economic activity is not easy to measure, but it must have been significant because even the Celts began minting coins. The continued need for more coins led to the Romans minting coins in England. But more coins meant less silver in the silver coins, which meant less value, and started a downward spiral. Unfortunately, coins with less silver don't survive being buried well, so we don't really have the evidence that we have for the earlier centuries. It seems that some parts of the country did less well, but for the most part, wealth increased, the evidence being a number of large houses being built or old houses being extended. Britain was exporting a wide variety of valuable goods, including wool and cloth, and importing high-quality pottery, wine and olive oil. The import and export must have been helped by the development of road transport. Prior to the Romans' coming, there were no roads at all in Britain. Roman civilization was successful because of four things. Development of road and wheeled vehicles, development of literacy and communication skills that came with it, development of bureaucracy and a well-defined legal system, and buildings constructed from concrete, stone bricks, with tiled roofs. There were none of these in Britain before the Romans came. Few of the places they conquered had all of them. Of course, the mighty Roman army was involved in conquering most of the known world, but without the others there would be little point... With Of course, the mighty Roman army was involved in conquering most of the known world, but without the other things I listed, there would be little point in conquering such a vast area. The development of roads and weird vehicles made it possible for the army to have a supply chain thousands of miles long. Yes, it was useful to have chariots enabling armoured soldiers to rapidly attack with a range of heavy swords and other metal weapons, but it was also important to have wagon loads of pizza and wine to feed them point of conquering was to obtain resources for Rome. While it's fairly obvious that roads, horses and wagons would be needed for that, you also need a bureaucracy to keep track of which wagons were taking what goods where. If you're going to keep taking stuff from locals, you would need to trade with them. Sure, you can threaten to kill them if they don't give you a cow or two goats, but in the end they will die or run away rather than give you food. However, If you buy cows and chickens, they get money and can buy wine and fashionable vessels to drink it from. Trading needs rules, contracts and courts to enforce the rules and contracts. Courts need big buildings. The resulting trade created a lot of wealth in Britain. Goods were imported from all across Europe and produce, particularly wool, exported all across Europe. Possibly because of the visible wealth, the Scandinavians, Vikings, and the French Gauls occasionally raided the East Coast of England, but the raids appear to have been contained in part. This was achieved by building earthwork ramparts around the cities towards the end of the second century, unlike Gaul, where ramparts were only protected uh, where ramparts only protected an inner sanctum in Britain. The ramparts surrounded the entire city, even though cities were quite large now. In the 1st century, there were only a few cities with any defences at all. In the 2nd century, the number of defended cities increased considerably. The use of earthworks rather than stone walls was probably due to a combination of the need for speed and the lack of stonemasons. Earthworks can be done by unskilled labourers, of which there was no shortage. It seems that many of these defences date from the year 190, so presumably there was some kind of attacks taking place at the time. During the 3rd century the ramparts were strengthened with masonry or the earthen ramparts were faced with stone. The majority of the wall around London built between 210 and 220. The number of cities with masonry defences continued to increase. Masonry walls were very expensive to build and the country must be very wealthy to afford them. Other signs of wealth are the large municipal buildings and the construction of family houses from masonry to replace the earlier half-timbered buildings. It is recorded in several cities that a row of timber houses was replaced by a smaller number of masonry shops. The lifestyle was becoming more commercially oriented. All through the century, Christianity spread faster and faster. Starting in Rome, it spread all over the empire, In England, several people appointed themselves as bishops. In parallel with this, Christianity also spread up the west coast of Britain through the Celtic communities. Part of the evidence for this was the Roman tradition of cremating the dead was replaced by burial. This also shows the percentage of the population with any direct connection with Rome was declining. The 3rd century also began with uprising and disarray in Rome and it spread to all parts of the empire where barbarians did not like being overrun and fought back which was most parts rome sent reinforcements to quell the uprisings a side effect was that britain became a good training ground for roman generals planning to seize power in rome itself before the end of the 3rd century roman britain had been one province and the capital had been colchester in an effort to diminish the power of the generals In about the year 215, Britain was divided into north and south and military power was split from civilian power, the civilian rulers being dukes, which is Latin for leaders. After this split, the north was managed from York and the south from London. This seems to have been successful, as by most accounts Britain was fairly peaceful for most of the 3rd century. However, Rome itself was in turmoil. The social structure was collapsing. Severus' power spread, and for a while he ruled the entire Roman Empire from York. Then the Roman Empire split into two, with Britain as the centre of the Northern Empire, and troops were sent from Britain to stabilise mainland Europe and even Rome itself. Considering its small size, Britain was becoming surprisingly important to the Roman Empire. Towards the end of the century, Britain was further divided, becoming four territories, each with its own ruler. So the 3rd century saw Britain going from being a remote part of the empire of minor importance to being almost a rival to Rome itself. To find out what happened next, don't miss the next podcast in this series, coming soon to a pod near you. Bye!